well, Brother Moore got home. Brother Moore and Mike got home. You know, if anybody looks at his schedule, he's had one. Amen. I keep a calendar with his, and I notice there's a dot just about on every day. And uh, and you know what? It, he's going next week, and he's going the week after. And I'm not saying he'll be here on the weekends for most of those. Uh, those are just uh, week weekday um, events. But uh, he's out preaching. Amen. Preaching the word of God and uh, doing good things. And he uh, he was uh, he got home, but he was going to rest one night and said he would uh, be in service on Sunday. So if y'all can watch again on Sunday or be here on Sunday, be in Florida on Sunday, you'll see Brother Moore either on a screen or in person. I ain't saying which, you'll see. <laughs> it's a nunya, right? Amen. Glory to God. Glory to God. But he did want me to tell everybody thank you for uh, the prayers. Um, the church prays for him, and I know other people uh, pray for him indiv- on an individual basis. Uh, but he said thank you for the prayers. It has been a really busy couple of months, and uh, um, it's continuing busy. If, if you guys have seen his schedule, you know he's actually going international more uh, even the, in this fall. So uh, we'll continue to pray for him, won't we? Yeah. God's doing good things. God's doing good things. And he's helping us at the same time. Yeah. Glory to God. We've We've had some... Good times. Amen. Better say amen. <laughs> I'm still going to talk whether you do or not. <laughs> Glory to God. Well, let's open up our Bibles. Actually, uh, we'll start kind of where we finished Sunday, actually. Third uh, John 2, we'll just kind of start there. We're going to skim that. But we're going to talk about prayer tonight. And, uh, you know, I've noticed um, if you look back through the... Uh, series that God has had Brother Moore do, and then the messages through Mrs. Moore, and even stuff that other people have spoken, um, you'll notice uh, a trend that they all fit together. And what I've noticed in my life, even in the past few weeks, as I've taken more time to get quiet and listen to God, as, I, as I've decided to be a light, as I've decided to be a witness, as, as, I've, as I've let these things come into my heart through the Word preached in the, in the pulpits... I've been hearing more things. I've been getting more opportunities. Anybody else in here been getting more opportunities to be a witness, to be a light, to pray for somebody? To and that's what this is about. Amen. It's it's like Rob said. I think it was Rob that talked about just sitting in our seats and getting fat, right? <laughs> getting fat on the word of God. And I didn't just do that sitting in my seat, but <laughs> right, but. But, you know, it's more than that. We want to get filled with the Word of God, but we want to take it out. Uh, We want to use it uh, in in our everyday lives, not just for ourselves, but for others. Amen? And uh, it's important. And in 3 John 2, this is uh, one of the prayer verses, but also it's uh, what Brother Moore's been teaching on on Sundays as well. It says, Beloved, I wish above all things, that word wish is actually translated pray. And in many other uh, versions of the Bible... It is translated pray. And it says, Beloved, I I pray above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health even as thy soul prospers. And we talked about this a little bit Sunday. That is a very specific prayer. In other words, he in his heart desired with all his heart that they prosper to the level that they could handle. 
Right? Boy, it got quiet. <laughs> That's what he said. Even as thy soul prospers to the level that they could handle because God won't give you up to give you more. Amen? He will not give you up to give you more. He'll give you just as much as you can handle and then as you can handle more, He'll give you more. Amen? I mean, look at the, ta- look at the, the parable of the talents. He gave five, two, and one. Right? But He gave them 100% of what they could handle. Amen? And that's what, he, that's what he's saying in this. And what John is literally praying is very specific. I want you to, to, I want it to go well with you in everything you do, and I want you to have good success as you succeed in your soul. Amen? And, and that is important to note that he prayed that specifically, and he prayed with that much care. Because John had the same heart as God, he was unwilling to give them up to give them more. And in prayer, so many times, we pray just off the top of our head rather than out of the abundance of our heart. Amen? Amen. Because so many times, there's... I'll give you a good example. I remember right after the church first started, this church first started, we were still over in the other building, and a, and a and somebody had come to Brother Moore, and somebody had run off. And they asked for a prayer and counsel. And brother, and I happened to be in the back room when that happened. And in the prayer, the, what, what he did at that point was, you know, I'm thinking, oh, Lord, find them, bring them back, bring them back safe. You know, you're thinking all those prayers. And Brother Moore pulls out the Scripture out of Second Timothy. Second, we got Second Timothy 25, I think, maybe 22-24, then. Karen says 24, Second Timothy 2-24. Thank you, Lord. It says, it says, the servant of the Lord must not strive, but be gentle unto all, all men. How many men? All. All. Does that say just the ones that are acting right? No. And that's, that's, that's a big deal for Christians right there, right? Because... You know, it's real easy to pray for everybody that's acting right or everybody you think could act right. right? I could, they may not be acting right, but I could pray for them and they possibly could act right. But them over there, I don't even think I could pray for them and they'd act right. right? But God says pray for all men anyway. In other words, don't, don't think about what you think they, that can happen. Think about what I think could happen. Because God has hope for everybody. He, he doesn't run out of hope for the most hopeless thing we could ever look at. We could look at something and say, man, that is beyond repair. And God would say, no, I already repaired it. Not only is it not beyond repair, I repaired it already. All they have to do is receive me. Amen? But... Be gentle unto all men, apt to teach, patient, verse 25, in meekness, instructing those that oppose themselves, if God would, peradventure, give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth. And, and the prayer was that they would come back to themselves. And, and, and God would grant them repentance so that they could come back to themselves and come back to their... In other words, save themselves. Save themselves. Because what was in them was more than enough. So many times what we're praying is, Lord, go get them. Lord, help them. Lord, do this. Lord, do this. And Lord's saying, 
pray these kind of things. But that's, that's a prayer of wisdom. Amen? That's a prayer, that's a prayer of vision. You, ha- you have to be prayed up to pray that prayer. Because so often we'll get caught up in, oh, yeah, we got to pray. we got to pray. Oh, my gosh. What do you mean? Somebody's gone? Oh, let's pray. And, man, you're praying in tongues so fast that you haven't even thought about getting in faith yet. Right? Anybody ever done that? Some, I know you guys never did it, so I've done it. Where somebody will tell me something and I'll jump in my truck. Man, I'll be praying in tongues like a madman. And God's saying, are you going to get in faith now? Because you know what? You can pray in the tongues of men and angels. But if you have not love, which operates faith, then you're wasting your time. Right? And it's good to pray. Don't, don't, get, don't get me wrong. But get in faith. Get in faith. Start praying in the Spirit because you don't know what to pray at that time. So you really don't know. But there are so many answers, so much wisdom that we could have in our prayer life that we have foregone just... Because we don't choose to get the knowledge. We don't choose to take the time. You know, there's a place in the Bible where God, through James, said, if you don't have the wisdom, ask for it. Ask for it. And there's so many times when somebody comes to me now and says, can you, can you pray for me? I've got this and this going on. I say, you know what you need is wisdom. You don't need me to tell you what you should do. We need wisdom. And so we ask for wisdom. Or sometimes people ask me and say, you know what, I need to ask for wisdom to know the direction to pray for you. Because God says if you'll ask for His wisdom, He'll give it to you liberally and He'll give it to you in such a way. And in fact, He'll give you just like this situation that Brother Moore, that I was in the same room with as Brother Moore. And, and the prayer was so anointed because you could tell that that was a specific word that that person could hook on to. Amen? And that faith came up and it, it enabled an opportunity for this person to come back to themselves and recover themselves. And, and, and it was awesome. It, you know, it actually, end of the story, happened. Amen? And, and, but, but the thing is, is that's an answered prayer. Unanswered prayer hurts faith. That was an answered prayer. An answered prayer helps faith. Amen? But, but you don't want to just, you know, so many people, they're, they're scattering a prayer and they get four out, of, four out of 20 answers and they got faith in these four, but they got 16 answers that they got no faith in now. So they're in more confusion than they've ever been. We don't want to just scatter prayers out there. Amen. Amen. <laughs> so what are you saying, Dave? You shouldn't pray? No, I'm saying we should be more specific in our prayer. Look at Matthew. Let's go to the Master. How about that? Jesus, he prayed. How many believe he prayed right? Yes. He, pray, he prayed it just the way it ought to pray. And he prayed it from a vision of God's heart, which, which is another thing that affects the wisdom in which we pray. Amen? If you have the heart of God, you'll see situations from the heart of God. Look at Matthew 9, verse 36. And this is talking about Jesus said, but when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them. You know, when we see the multitudes today, how many are moved with compassion and how many are moved with anger? Right? 
How many know that the multitudes today are the same as the multitudes then? A lot of people are looking at this like, oh, they were just sitting here wandering around like this and they didn't know where they were going. No, they were doing their everyday life. They were being natural, carnal. They were going to work. They were cussing, spitting, watching whatever goes on. They were being the world. The world's always been the world. It ain't ever changed, and it's still the world today. And, and, but, and, and what we see is we say, oh, how could they do that? And every time I've ever said that, the Lord said, just like you did. Right? And, and what we see is now going to determine what we pray. If we see something and we judge it, we immediately place judgment on it. What if Jesus would have said, look at these people. They're never going to make it. <laughs> they weren't sure weren't going to make it, were they? Right? Why? Because Jesus just judged them. And, and so often we see situations and we see people and we're like, oh, man, look at them. Oh, my, my. And, you know, you were sitting right beside them one day. So, oh, no, I've never done anything like that. It doesn't matter what you've done. If you sinned, you sinned. Amen? And, and, and we, we, are, we are part of all men. And at one time we were all these men. And Jesus looked out there and he said, that's a sheep without a shepherd. Good news. Got a shepherd right here. Amen? Amen. But, but this is not just the vision of Jesus. Jesus didn't do anything that the Father didn't see. He saw everything from the heart of God. Amen. And so when he looked at the people, he was moved with compassion because they were quitters, that they were scattered about, confused, like a sheep having no shepherd. And he literally said, these people need a shepherd. Amen? And, and, and he didn't faint. He didn't fall out. He didn't say, oh my, how, how's, how are we ever going to fix this? And you know, people are saying, well, he's Jesus. Of course he didn't. Jesus was operating as a man. He had every opportunity to look at them and say, phew, I don't know what to do for them. And you know what? He didn't. But the one he was listening to knew exactly what to do for them. The one he was listening to loved them with all he was. And because God loved them, Jesus loved them. And he was moved with that love. By that love he was moved and he had compassion on them. And, and that's how we're to move before we pray. What, what, if, what if he'd have said, you know what, let's just pray, I don't know. It's going to be hard to pray in faith at that point, right? Well, you know, if you can say nothing else, you say, you know what? God loves them. Let's pray for them. Well, now, now you've got a little better vision. What? God loves them. God loves them. Let's pray for them. Let's not give up on them. Let's not quit on them. Let's not throw them away. Did you know Jesus came to seek and save that which was lost? In other words... Everything that was lost, he came to seek and find it and save it. And he did. He accomplished what he came to do. Amen? And, and, and if we will begin to see people like that, oh, that's a lost person. Oh, man. Lord, show me how to help them find their way. 
that, that, that's true love of God. That, then we begin to operate at a level in our prayer life and we go on and be just like Jesus because th- that's not where he stopped. He saw them harassed and helpless, sheep without a shepherd. Verse 37, he looked at his disciples and he said, look at the harvest. He said, look how big the harvest is. I mean, literally, you know, a lot of people say, like, he's like, he's not, he's just saying, this is all harvest. He didn't say, look how big the field is. He said, look how much harvest is in the field. He called every person a harvest. He didn't say, there's a tear, there's a tear. He said, look at the harvest. He wasn't looking at the size of the field. He was looking at the size of the harvest. Amen? And, and he said the harvest is huge. It's, it's plenteous. Plenteous. I'm going to come. Plenteous. That's the way I like to say it. It's big. There's a big harvest. But the laborers are few. So, so he's getting down to it right now. He's saying the harvest is really good. The harvest this year is good. But, but we don't have a lot of laborers. He said, you know what we're going to pray? And remember, he's still praying for the sheep that are, that, are, that are scattered, like sheep without a shepherd. This is what this all started. He said, this is how we're going to pray. This is how we're going to pray. Pray, therefore, the Lord of the harvest. Pray ye, therefore, the Lord of the harvest, that he will send forth laborers into this harvest. He didn't say, let's pray that we have the strength to do this, guys. Let's pray that we can get her done. Let's, let's pray that these people come in. Let's pray that they come to us. You know, we got a lot of churches that somehow think all the people are going to come to them. <laughs> Jesus is lifted up every time you walk out your door in the morning or not. Right? And it, he said, if I be lifted up, he didn't say where I be lifted up. He said, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me. Amen? And, and in this case, Jesus is saying, the harvest is great. It's a good harvest. Every, he saw the world in a vision. And he said, the harvest is great. The laborers are few. This is our prayer. Lord, we're asking for laborers. We already have a harvest. Now we need laborers. Amen? And that's a prayer that answers to the heart of God. Because God loved these people already, and He already had a plan. And Jesus prayed the plan of God. Why? Because He sought the wisdom of God through the vision of God, and He got the answer from God. When you seek the wisdom of God through the vision of God, you'll get the answer from God. You'll pray the right thing. You'll pray the right way. God will show you the right verse. So many times people call and they say, and they, pray, they call in for prayer. And I, I talk to Kim because she does several of the prayer requests. And, and I'm like, what verse are they standing on? They're not standing on any verse. They just want to be prayed for. What do you got faith for if you got no word from God? We, and, and you can't just pick out a verse. That's when you ask God. Say, God. Show me. Show me the verse. I mean, you know, a lot of people say, I'm believing for healing. 1 Peter 2.24 is my verse. 
And that's a great verse, and it's a true verse. But is that the verse that God put in your heart that you can have faith in? If you can, grab hold because you're getting ready to be healed. Because every word in, in the Word of God is able to heal you and make you free. But it's the words you know, it's the words you believe, it's not just the words you see. It's not even just the words you say. It's the words you believe. And if God gives it to you, if God gives you that word and He says this, He said, see that, and it quickens your heart. Anybody, everybody's gotten a word, you've been reading the Bible and you've gotten a word from God and it quickens in your heart and you're like, ooh, yeah, that's it. Amen? And when you grab hold of it, you know, sometimes it doesn't even seem like it matches the, the situation that you're in, but you see it and you're like, oh, yes, Lord, I see that. What did you just do? You grabbed the vision of God. Amen. And now you got the wisdom of God because it's the Word of God. Amen. And now you'll get the answers from God. And He says, pray this. And see, that's what He said. He didn't just say, I'm going to pray. He said, pray that the Lord of the harvest will send laborers into the field. And, and this is a prayer of love. This is a prayer operated out of love, and, which means it has full potential of succeeding. It has all potential of succeeding. In fact, it's still succeeding today. Amen. It was such a successful prayer that it's still succeeding at this day and, at this, day and this hour. Amen. Successful prayers are still going on and on and on. I was uh, a person in my family... Uh, that it kind of went away, went a different direction. And I was reminded, I was praying one time for them, and God reminded me of all the prayers that had already been prayed for them by my mother before she left this earth. And she'd been gone for years. And he said, all those prayers are still at work in their life. Now, it's not going to help unless they do it. Right? They've, they've got, you know, there, there has to be, you know, the harvest is great, but the, the workers can go, but the, the, the people being harvested still have to choose. Yes. There's still a choice to make. And so, but, but, but the faith that we can have that this is going to come to pass is, is because we have God's Word, we have God's love, we have God's wisdom, and we have the answer. He, he's told us how to pray. When God tells you how to pray... You can have a confidence in that prayer like none other. Amen? Amen? Amen. Glory to God. And, and that's what we're looking for. We're looking for the heart of God. What would you pray? What would you pray? If somebody's going through a difficult time, do you just say, Lord, help them out of this difficult time? That's a really general prayer. And it may be all you got. Because they may not have told you why they're in a difficult time. And, you know, a lot of times you don't need to know why they're in a difficult time. A lot of times people start telling me the story. I'm like, oh, whoa. I, f- I felt my judgment button just get hit just a little bit. And I want to stop right there because I'm not a judge. Amen? I'm not judging the situation. And, and so we don't want to hear the whole story. But at the same time, God can still give you wisdom about how to go about praying. Amen. Look at uh, look at Luke 22. Look at another prayer that Jesus prayed. And, and you know, so many times we are praying for for believers, if you will, or people who have been born again, or served God at one time in their life, or are still serving God but are having issues. Amen. How many people have ever had 
a season or a time in their life where it felt like the devil was living in their in their back room. Right? And he was coming up and eating their breakfast before they got to it. And he was getting to the office before he got there and stirring and everything up. Right? Coming back home and stirring his kids and wife up or wife and husband or husband and kids up, however it works out. But it felt like every day, every moment of that day, that the devil was on your back. <laughs> Nobody ever had that? Well, I probably have, so you guys can use me as an example. Amen? Glory to God. In uh, Luke 22:31, talking, uh, talk, he's talking to Peter, Simon. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold... Satan has desired to have you that he may sift you as wheat. This is a, a word of knowledge, obviously. This is, I mean, actually, he, he was with Peter, so he heard many of the things he said, like, if everybody else forsakes you, I won't. If you ever hear yourself say that, immediately say, hyphen, by the grace of God. Yes. Right? Hyphenate your sentence really quick and say, by the grace of God. If everybody else leaves you, I won't, by the grace of God. Right? And so Jesus was around Peter to hear the things. And, and it wasn't that, that Peter wasn't trying to have a good heart, but, but he was saying things just a little bit wrong, and they couldn't attach faith to them. We could only attach pride to them. Right? And so at this point in time, the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan is desired to sift you as wheat. Next verse. But, then you know, if I'm Simon, I'm going to perk up right now because I just got a butt from the master. Whew. <laughs> Satan's going to sift me as wheat. But, but, don't you know he'd like to heard the prayer? I'm not going to let him. Wouldn't that have been a great prayer? Satan is going to sift you. Well, he wanted to, but I'm not going to let him. And that would have been so cool. Man, don't you think Peter would have said, Yes! I was going to get sifted. I didn't like to be sifted. Not sure what sifting feels like. But it doesn't sound good. Doesn't sound pleasant. But Jesus said, I don't have to. But Jesus didn't say that. And see, so many times, that's where I've prayed. Has anybody ever done that? People come to me and they're having a... Lord, just help them. Lord, just just pull them out of this situation. Take this away from them. We bind up this. We loose this. We and what, what, you know, Don't you know Jesus wished that would have happened? Jesus said, He wants to sift you as wheat, but I've bound Him in, in my name. <laughs> I guess. In the name of the Lord. At this point, He hadn't went to the cross. <laughs> you know, wouldn't Peter have been happy with that? Could have had faith in that. I don't have to do it. And so many times, that's what we'd like. Uh, we, and, and we, we think and we, and we do believe that this is love because we hate to see people go through this. And Jesus hated to see Peter go through this. He, he, it was not his desire that Satan sift him as we. It was not God's will. It, it was not being allowed. It was where he was. He was in the sifting position. Right? Remember what we talked about. God doesn't change. 
God, God didn't say, you know, usually I'm good in this situation, but this calls for sifting. <laughs> this situation here, it's going to call for some sifting. Without sifting, I just don't think Peter's going to make it. No, God didn't change. He doesn't allow sifting. Sifting happens because we allow it. Or we cause it. You, you know, you could say you don't allow it. And you say, yes, you don't, but you caused it. You guys have never done that, but I've caused sifting in my life at times. I've been in the sifter. I've been the siftee. All right? I can tell you, don't do it. Don't do it. But don't you think Peter would have liked it if you just took it away from him? Remember, remember what Paul did. You know, everybody, the thorn in the flesh, the thorn in the flesh. Oh, the thorn in the flesh. Wonder what the thorn in the flesh is. Wonder, wonder, wonder. You know, I tell you, you start talking about the thorn in the flesh, you can get so many theological answers. And the truth of the matter is, it really doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't. It doesn't matter if it was people. It doesn't matter if it was uh, afflictions. It doesn't matter if what it was. It really doesn't matter. Because Paul, probably like Peter here, would have loved it if his prayer would have been answered three times. Lord, take this away from me. <laughs> Lord, it's not gone. Take this away from me. Right? Anybody ever done that? Lord, I prayed yesterday. Why is this still happening? You know, if you prayed yesterday and it's still happening, you need to check. Not God. Right? Don't, don't check God out. Don't, don't try to find out where He's missing it. You know? God, I prayed yesterday. Where are you missing this right now? You got people mad at God all over the world today because they prayed and He missed it. And all they have to do is not believe that God could ever miss it and they'd be good. Amen? It's truth. God is never our problem. He's always our answer. Always our answer. Paul asked a third time, Lord, could you please, with sugar on top of it, take this away from me? And God said, my grace is sufficient for you. What did he say? He said, you have more than enough in you to overcome whatever's coming against you. Right. You don't need me to take it away. You take it away. Right. And the thorn in the flesh was probably gone right after it was. He said, your strength was made, was made great in my weakness. What? What did he say? I backed up and I put your grace in front and it left. Amen? So many times, if we'll get out of the way, what's already in us will take care of what's coming against us. We have the greater one in us. Paul had the greater one in him. No matter what was coming against him, he had more than enough to overcome it. There's nothing greater than the goodness of God. There's nothing greater than the Holy Spirit in us. There's nothing that can overcome us that can come against us and, and overcome us if we hold on to who we are. 
who we've been made to be, who we've been made to be through the blood of Jesus. And if we walk in that grace, if we walk in that light, if we walk in that authority and pray in that authority, how authority do you think that prayer was? Lord, can you take that away from me? That's, there's no authority there. You're looking for authority. And literally God said, you have authority. You have authority. This, this doesn't have to keep going. And, and the more we question those things, the less we'll pray right. And especially for others. Go back to Peter, wherever that was. Luke, thank you. But I've prayed for you that your faith fail not. And St. Peter said, wow, you're not going to take it away? <laughs> you're not going to help me here? Jesus helped him so much. And Peter didn't say that. I'm just saying what Dave probably would have said. Peter probably said, yes, my faith's not going to fail. Dave would have said, could I not have to use my faith? Could I use yours? Yours would be so much better than mine right now. I, I know you're way stronger than I am. And you know what he'd say? He'd say, no, I'm not. I prayed that the faith that's in you. Well, what did Jesus know? Jesus had spent day in and day out. He knows what he was taught. He knows the word that went in. He knows what had been happening in Peter's life. He knows every... It's, it, this would be a good test for parents. I, I had to go through this and still have to go through it at times. My daughter's 25 now, so it, it's not as hard, but there's still times where I need to trust what God had me put in her more than what I'm hearing, more than what I'm seeing. And it's not time to say, oh, Lord, just take her out of the situation. Oh, my gosh, oh, oh my gosh, oh, my gosh. That's a prayer of fear, first of all. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But, but as a parent, when she was a teenager especially, there were so many times where I had to just turn and say, Lord, I know what's in her. I know what's in her. I know what's in her. Help that. I pray that that come up that that lead her, that that guide her, that that pull her from the situation because she had it in her. And as, as she became older and it was time for her to break away from me, those prayers had to be more and more true because I, my, I, my authority was going over here and her authority was going like this. And as that happens, you've got to yield to what's in them. And that's what Jesus did. He said, I pray that your faith won't fail. In other words, everything I know that you know, everything that you have in you, I'm praying that that will come up and it will bring you out of this situation. Now, how many times should we pray that for somebody instead of, Lord, just take them out of that situation and give them the strength to, to walk away, and pull Satan off of them, we bind him, we loose him, we, whatever all we got to do. Don't get me wrong, there's a time to buy and there's a time to lose. There's a time to say you have in you everything it's, that you're going to ever need to come out of this. Amen. That's good. And I'm going to pray that just that happens. That's what Brother Moore did that day, that, that same situation I'm talking about. He prayed that within them they would capture themselves. They, they, they would avoid a pitfall. They would turn, repent, and turn back the way they were going. And that's what Jesus prayed for Peter. He said, I pray that your faith won't fail. And, and then he added his faith to it. He said, I'm praying your faith won't fail. And when you've turned back, 
When you're converted, strengthen your brother. He didn't say if you turn back. And somebody prays for him and says, Lord, if they ever come back, <laughs> pretty much you don't have anything to hook on to with me. Right? Because I'm not in faith. I've prayed the if prayer. Yeah. Lord, if. Lord, if. Lord, if. But if you pray for somebody, you know what they've got in them. Amen? we we got brothers and sisters in this church all over this, this nation that we know, that, that we know what they have in them. And our prayer is, I pray that your faith would fail not. I pray that you... It, it's, a, it's a prayer of wisdom. It's a prayer that God can answer just like that. Why? Because the faith's already in there. And Jesus wouldn't have prayed it if it wasn't a prayer that God could answer. Amen? Why? Because Peter had faith in him. Why? He'd been hearing the Word and hearing and hearing and walking with the Word and living with the Word and in the Word. The Word was abiding in him and he was abiding in the Word. If he would only ask what he will, it would be done unto him. And thank God Peter turned. Amen? But Jesus prayed for him. And a lot of people would have said, wow, he could have done a lot better than that. He made him go through all that. But you know what? I'll guarantee you when his faith brought him through, he was stronger in God than he would have ever been. Amen? These are things when we pray, God's given us the ability to pray specific prayers. He's given us the ability to forgive people, to have people forgiven, to literally have people forgiven through the act of prayer. Right? What is it? First John, First John five, five. First John five. Look at First John five, uh, sixteen. I think it is. First John five sixteen. No, that's not it. That's a good verse. That's a great. That's not First John five sixteen. First of all, that's First John one five, which is a good verse. But if we add First John five sixteen, we could eat that. <laughs> now, we like the macaroni and cheese. But we want some steak too. Amen. If any man sees his brother sin, a sin not unto death. In other words, if somebody, if you see somebody doing something they ought not do, right? They're not telling God they don't want him. They're not saying we don't want our salvation anymore. They're not. They're not blaspheming the Holy Spirit. They're 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 missing it. They're missing it. Right? They're, they're missing it. Anybody in here ever missed it? Now, did you want your brother to judge you? Or did you want him, for your sake, to ask that you be forgiven? Right? It says, it says ask, and not, I'll give him life. It says, if it's a sin un, not a sin unto death, if you'll ask, I'll give him life. You know what that word life means? The same word as John 10.10. 10. Same word, life. I'll give him life and life abundantly, life to the full until it overflows. And, and that was because we prayed. We saw something. We chose out of love not to judge it. And because we chose out of love not to judge it, we prayed that, that they would not be held accountable for it. Paul did that one time. Um, Paul did that in uh, um, 2 Timothy 4, 2 Timothy 4.16. And there's others that did. We know Stephen did it. said, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Right? There's been other people do it. But this is a vision 
you got to see a person right before you'll pray that. If you see them out of your heart or out of your head and you say, they know better than that, you now can't pray for them. Because once you've judged them, you, you can't pray for them. Because now you've judged them. They need somebody that's not going to judge them. That's not going to lay that charge to their blame. Amen? Look, look at, what did I say to go? 2 Timothy 4.16. It says, at, first, no, ans- at my first answer, no man stood with me. Now, in other words, I, I, I gave this message, no person stood on my side. Everybody stood against me. Now, a lot of people, like if you guys did that to me tonight, I'd start crying. <laughs> I'd break down right up here in the pulpit, saying, Lord, not one person even was listening. <laughs> but he says, you know who forsook him? All men. You know what Paul was big on? Paul was big on praying for all men. If you look at just the words all men throughout Paul's writings, it's in there a lot. It's in there a lot that he asks for people to pray for all men, to uh, love all men. To, he, he's, he's big on all men. You know why? Because God's big on all men. And, and he said, all men forsook me. I pray God that it not be laid to their charge. Now, he could have got mad. But instead, he walked in love. He walked in wisdom. Why? These people were going to need another chance. They were going to need another chance. And, and by doing that, he was giving them another chance. What if he just said, I, I'm praying that God lays this to their charge? I don't know what did happen because that didn't get prayed. So I can't say what would have happened, but it wouldn't have helped Paul for sure. Why? Because he would have walked completely out of love. But he said, they forsook me. And I prayed. They forsook him. They, they basically said, don't listen to this guy. He's crazy. And Paul said, I pray that it not be laid to their charge. In other words, I'm praying they get another chance, another opportunity to hear the name of Jesus, to hear the gospel truth about Jesus, and to come and, and, and hear this word and convert and repent. And be saved. And, and that should be our prayer. In other words, sometimes it's just, Lord, don't lay that to their charge. It's not, oh, Lord, help them to see this. Just don't lay it to their charge. Just, just don't, don't keep them where they're at. Help them to come out. And, and I mean, these, these, are, these are prayers of a wise person. These are somebody who's listening to God and they're praying through the vision of God, because they, they have to love somebody to pray that prayer. If you don't love them, you won't pray that. You know, it's kind of like, you know, a lot of times when you say, when, you're, when your kids tell you that you don't love them because you won't let them do something, right? Sometimes we have to have that kind of vision with God's things, right? You know, I love you, so I'm not going to listen to what you're saying right now. I, I'm going I'm to believe God that that won't be laid to your charge because I love you. 
because, because the Lord loves you, because Jesus died for you. This, we're going to do something greater than, what, than what's going on right here. We're going to believe for something better. Amen? And, and when we use this kind of faith, this kind of love, this kind of vision in our prayer life, it changes things. It changes situations. It changes circumstances. It, it, takes, us, it takes people from life unto death. But, but we've, got to be, we've got to be sensitive to what God's saying about, you know, you, you don't want to just pull out all the verses you've heard and say, let's just claim this, and let's claim this, and let's claim this, and let's claim this. Why don't we say, God, you got an answer to this. Show us. Show us what to pray. Over and over again in these past few weeks, in different situations that I've dealt with in the church and in different situations, God has showed me what to, what to pray. He showed me what to tell them. To, and, and when you know it's Him, because it's beyond you. you brought, why? Not because you couldn't have seen the verse, but because the verse is anointed. It's quickened. When the people hear it, they go, oh, yes, that's what I need right now. And they grab hold of it, and they take it, and, and, the, and, and, it, and, and then you see their situation begin to change. Why? Because they got faith. Their, their faith rose up, and what was in them became greater than what was coming against them. Amen? And, and this, this is what we're called. In prayer, so many times what you're called to do is help them to overcome, not try to overcome for them. The fact is, I don't think you're ever going to overcome for them. Amen? Glory to God, this is, this is pretty good. I like this. He's helping us. Let's look at 1 Timothy 2. This is, this is a prayer we pray every Wednesday night. Every Wednesday night we pray this prayer. You know, Paul wrote in Philippians that we shouldn't just look after our own affairs, but also we should look after the affairs of others, right? And in other words, we shouldn't just care about us. We should care about others as much as us. So how many, how many people have spent a whole lot of time praying for themselves? None of you guys? You know, well, <laughs> you know, sometimes what I realized is that I was so busy praying for myself at one time in my life that I don't know that I would have had time to pray for anybody else. <laughs> and definitely not effectively. You know, I'd been like, oh, Lord, my life is such a mess. Can you just help me? And I need this, and I need that, and I want to go here, and I want to have this, and I need that, and healing's mine. Thank you. I want to be healed. Oh, and, and Jim, I pray for him. Thanks. And then me, and you know, and you're so busy on you that you don't have time for anybody else. But and what's that take away? That takes away your love vision. And, and it takes away a vision of what you could be praying for that person that asked you to pray. Because now you're not looking at them with the eyes of love. You're looking at them with, I, I, he, they asked me to pray, i got to do it. Lord, Lord help them. And, and so you got that quick prayer or you basically a vain prayer, if you will. First Timothy 2 and 1 says, I exhort, I, I exhort there that first of all, what's the first thing that Paul's asking be done here? Prayer. He's saying the first thing I want you to do, the first thing I want you to, I want supplication, prayers, intercessions, giving of thanks, and I want, to be, I want these things to be done for everyone. Now that is a pretty big call, don't you think? I mean, Paul's just told this, this church 
I want you praying for everybody. Now, that is not hard if you have God's vision. Because he already has world vision. So it's not hard. And he gave you every kind of prayer to pray for him with. You know, you might have some brothers that need some intercession. They walked away. They're backing off. They're, they're in situations they ought not be, and they need somebody to intercede for them. You, got, you might have some brothers that just need a supply of the Spirit. Lord, give them a supply of the Spirit. Help them today to overcome, to help, help them, the faith in them, to come up, uh, strengthen the faith in them, to do what, they, what you've called them to do, help them to see through love and do those things. And then you might have somebody that, that needs, you just want to, Lord, thank you. Thank you for this brother. He's doing such a great work, and he's and this is happening in his life, and he got healed over here. I just thank you for his life, and and all these things, Lord, you're you're using all kinds of prayer for all different men, but you're praying for all men. And then he said, I'm going to take it a step further. If you can walk in love, if you'll pray for kings, and all those in authority, you'll be praying for all men. Because their lives will affect the life of every man in this earth. And so he said, out of the love, I can trust you to do this because you have me and you. Amen? You're my kid. You're my son. You're my daughter. You have my love in your heart. I can trust you to do this because you can do it because you have love. Other people can't do it. I can't, I can't trust this to anybody else. Why? They're not walking in love. They're not operating in my love. They can't see my vision. They can't see what Jesus saw. They can't see that the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. They can't see that. They, they see hopelessness. They see this can never happen. They see impossibilities. With love, all things are possible. Right? Isn't that what it says? With God... All things are possible. So with love, all things are possible. So as we pray out of this love that he's poured in our hearts, then we pray for all men. We pray for kings and all those in authority. And why do we do it? Not just so I can live a peaceful and quiet life, so that we, who's we? We, the church, can live a peaceful and quiet life in all godliness and honesty. Why why is he praying this? He's praying this because it's the first priority we should have, all men. All men are our first priority. Why? Because if you look down, what, two verses in verse 4? All men are his first priority. Right? This is, uh, verse verse 3 says, this is good and pleasing to the Lord, acceptable. This is good and acceptable in the sight of God, our Savior. Who will, who desires, who seeks that all men should be saved? And come to the knowledge of the truth. All men. He's an all men God. And he wants us to have all men vision. And all men vision can only work with love. Because otherwise, you're going to get offended with them. You're going to get mad at them. They're going to do something. You know what? Even as sweet as I am and as much as you love me, I might do something that makes you mad. Now, I can't even imagine that. And if you do get mad at me, I'm going to be offended. No, I'm not. I'm kidding. I'm not going to be offended. I'm going to love you through my offense. No, I'm not going to be offended. I'm kidding. I'm really not. I'm, 
I'm, I'm going to, and I'm going to choose not to be. But even I, it, the thing is, is if you want to be offended in this world today, you're getting ready to be offended. If you can be offended in this world today, you're getting ready to be offended. And and offense is an absolute denial to look at something the way God would. That's what it is. I refuse to see it through love because it hurt me. Amen? And, and that's the kind of thing that we don't do as a church because we want to pray out of this wisdom. We want to pray for wisdom. We want, to, we want to pray the way Jesus prayed. We want to pray the way we've heard Paul pray. We want to pray the way we hear Brother Moore pray. We want to pray the way God wants prayer to happen for a specific time. It, it was a specific prayer in 3 John 2. It was a specific prayer in Matthew 9. It's specific to the time. Let's look at one more verse, and then, we'll, then we're going to close. Colossians 4. Colossians 4, 5 and 6. It says, Walk in wisdom towards them that are without. Now, there's going to be a different kind of prayer towards them that are without. Why? Because they don't know God, so they might not hear you as quickly as somebody else. He says, I want you to walk in wisdom towards those that are without, redeeming the time, making the most of every opportunity. In other words, we're still on this opportunity thing. God says, walk in wisdom towards them, making the most of every opportunity. What's he saying? I want you to walk in my wisdom because that's what's going to show you what to say, what to pray, when to pray, how to pray, what to do. Walk, walk in wisdom towards them that are without. Them that are without are them that are without Jesus. It's real simple. You could just add Jesus at the end of that, and that would be them that are without. And he says, walk in wisdom towards them that are without making the most of every opportunity, redeeming the time. Verse 6, let your speech be always with grace. What, what was all sufficient for Paul? Grace. Let your speech be always seasoned with with grace, in other words, in the overcoming sin power. Where, no, where, where, where sin abounded, grace abounded all the more. And what did he say? He said, let your words be seasoned with salt, with grace. Let, let, let your speech always be with grace, seasoned with salt, if you will. The preservative. Seasoned with something that's going to rescue them. Amen? that you may know how you ought to answer every man. In other words, it's not always going to be the same answer. Pat answers in Christianity are just too big. You know, people say, you know, I just don't have enough this month. He said, he meets all your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And you know what? You quote that verse a thousand times. And if they're hurting, they're going to say, would you get away from me? (laughs) But you quote that verse in love, and you're getting ready to change their life. You quote that verse where they can hear it. Don't don't just quote that verse. Season it with grace. Season it with salt. Have the Word ready, but get them ready for the Word. Get them ready for the Word. Have that Word ready, and you say, Oh, having a rough day? Man, God loves you. I love you. There's a better way than this. I don't know. You've got to read the situation. You've got to know what to say, but you can't just go quoting verses at people. You can't just go throwing them out there because you're, you're wasting them. 
But when you prepare them and let them know, wait a second, there's, there's something better here. There's something better here. God can do better than what you think. We've we got to get you out of this. We've got to pull you out. You've got it in you. And, and then you take the Word, and the Word draws on the faith that's already in their heart, and you say, you know, I know that it says in His Word that He'll meet all your needs. And they say, yeah, but He hadn't been. Yeah, but you know that Word's true, right? Come on, bro. You know it. And, and you keep with them. You don't just throw it out today. You know what? I told you once, and I'm not telling you again. He says He'll meet all your needs. Corey, you dummy. You know who can receive that? Almost nobody. Probably somebody that lived a really awful life in one time and were yelled at every morning when they woke up or something, and that just sounded nice to them. But, but if, if, you, if you speak it in grace seasoned with salt, in other words, you're giving it to them the most palatable way they could possibly, and they receive life. Glory to God. Then we've done what God called us to do. And now we're ready to pray. Lord, they, they hear your word. And I pray that their faith fails not. I pray that they come out of this and, and they see you as bigger and they magnify you in the situation. And, and you, know, I, you know, we're praying, you know, I'm just talking. Because every situation will be different. But God will show us yes. what we should pray how we should pray it, but our first priority is to get His vision on the prayer. Going back to Matthew 9, what did He see? He saw what God saw. When He saw what God saw the way God saw it, then He got a hold of that vision. And when He got a hold of that vision, He spoke what God saw. He spoke what God saw. He didn't speak just what He saw. What He saw was something too big for a man. This harvest is huge. And if he would have finished the sentence like me and you, he said, there's no way we can get all this in. And most of these people are too stupid to receive it if there was a way. (laughs) But love doesn't say that. If If love could get to me, if love could get to you, if God could get Jesus to me and you, He can get Jesus to everybody. And He can get Jesus to it through us. All we got to do is grab hold of His vision, His Word, His way, and begin to speak what, we, what, what He sees. And when we speak it, and we got a brother and sister, and they're hurting, and we look over at them, and we don't see, well, you shouldn't have done this, and you shouldn't have done that, and I don't know why you went there, and I don't know why you came here. No, we see somebody hurting. And we say, they're hurting. Lord, show me how to love them right now so that I can pull them out of that place into a place where they can receive. Because more often than not, your prayer is trying to put them in a position to receive from God. Right? But we have to see them. we got to see them right first. We've got to see these people out here in the world. We've got to see them the way God sees them. Every morning when we wake up, We step out of our bed and we say, Lord, show them to me. Show me my opportunities. Show me where I'm going. Show me what I'm doing. Show me how to pray. And then you might pass somebody on the street and they're walking down the sidewalk and say, God, should I stop there? No, but pray for them. 
And it's okay, God, I'll pray for them. Lord, help them to get to where they're going. Help them to run into people that love you and know you. Help bring laborers across their path today. Help, help give, bless them today and help them to know that it was you that blessed them. Amen? We can pray for everybody. And we don't have to do it by rote. We can do it by heart. And when we do, we'll start seeing things change. We, we first, get, we got to quit getting offended with one another before we'll quit judging others. Amen? Yeah. Right? You can't say, well, that Dave, he says this, but he did that. I know. I don't. Dave, he's done this and he's done that. I know, Dave. You know what? Well, there got, I had some people the other day from this church that met somebody for, that I knew in high school, and they said that I was preaching here, and they said, uh-uh. You know why they said that? Because they knew Dave. Thank God Dave died and is still dying. Amen? God's got good plans for every man. And our part is so vital. Our prayers are so vital that that the enemy would like to take them and he would like to make these people acceptable casualties. But we can't accept casualties. Every man gets out. And people say, well, the Word says they won't. God said that He wills that every man gets out. So our job isn't to say every man won't. Our job is to say we want the will of God. Amen? Stand to your feet. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. He's a good God. He's, he's doing good things. He's showing us things. I'm serious. There have been so many situations in these past few weeks that, that I have, because Brother Moore taught on getting quiet, and Mrs. Moore said, now that he's taught on it, why don't you do it? To me. She wasn't talking to you guys. She's talking to me. She said, now didn't I tell you you should pray every morning? And, this, and yeah. Yeah, you told me. Now, did you start doing that? No. Maybe you should. <laughs> that, that, and that's not an option at that point. Why? Because those over me have just given me a true directive. And as I started doing that and listening to these other things and spending time with God, I found myself walking through the parking lot and hearing things and, 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 I would, and I'd, I'd make a call or I'd send a text and it would be valuable. Why? Because God wanted it at that point in that time. Right? Or I'd pray a prayer and then find out later, you know what? God was had other people praying that same time for the same situation and, and things were working out. Amen? As, as together, as a body of believers, as, as we listen to these things that, that the Lord's bringing out of this pulpit, out of Brother Moore, Mrs. Moore, even people like me and Rob and Tom, you know, all those kind of people. And we put them all together and we begin to use them on a daily basis looking, them at, looking for, to take the most opportunities in every day. Then these things become valuable because now we know, okay, Lord, it's not just about me praying. What do they need? What's the most valuable thing I could pray for them right now? Amen? It's not just about throwing a prayer out there to make them feel good until they get an hour away from you and then they realize they don't feel good. That that was just a fleeting moment and now it's over. I don't want to hype them up like we do before a football game and you get them all revved up and they go out and after the first quarter, that's gone. I can tell you. I played long enough to tell you. Why? Because you're tired and you don't want to do it anymore. 
what we want to give them is something that will take them from A to B to C to Z. Amen? Glory to God. You guys got a song? I will see.